right, baby boys and girls. It's time. Gather around. Gather around. It's time to hear the lusty words, the busty words of the intrepid co-host of Elliot Rovetti, Thomas Whitcomb, on the tremendous podcast. Welcome here on your Thursday, on your Friday, whenever it is that you're listening. Do it on a Friday. And we'll uh, we'll be happy with that. Guys, how are you doing? What's cracking? We've got a Henninger Aldi-type beer in hand. That's um, your favorite kind of beer, isn't it? That's the beer. Um, I wouldn't say favorite. It's my wallet's favorite type of beer. <laughs> that's my that's my wallet and my bank. What is the case that I sent you back? Um, $35. Gee, that's good. Right? Yeah. I was drinking... Oh, no, you know what I like? It's 39 The one that I had before was 35 and it's um, called Uberbrow. Oh, yeah. And they're nice. They're like an easy to be able to drink, but then you look at it and it's literally just like one standard drink and you're just drinking all this bubble water. Mm. And I think these are one point, I think three or four. So then it's, you know, it's slightly better bubble water. Yeah, you calculate alcohol the way I did eight years ago. <laughs> you're sitting at, you're like pulling your iPhone out, checking the calculator. What is this per standard drink? I need a wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking Sir, of drink, your finest uh, box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Well, in a, I heard this, right? Like box wine is uh, usually shed on. In every other country, you'd probably be right. But because Australia and France are sort of the leading countries with wine and cheese, box wine comes right from the source of great wine. So you're, you're pretty much getting good good wine. If you went to like the US and got box wine as an Australian and try to try to get normal goon, you'd probably have a headache in the first sip. So so it's a, it, it's a, it's a taste it's a decision taste thing. for yeah, you. That, yeah, 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 it's a quality <laughs> and taste, Tom. And geogra- ge- geographical taste, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of geographical taste... Where in your uh, biological ge- uh, geography do you have a beer? Is it biological here? geography? We're getting poetry. Pe- po- <laughs> <laughs> We're getting poetic here, baby boy. Okay, so uh, what are you hiding it? Is it? Are you going to pull it out later? Are you, is it intravenous? Where? What's uh? Where's your beer? You'd think if it were intravenous, it would be more obvious, wouldn't it? Well, I know you're rich, so you guys have that uh, very sort of um, subdermal sort of you know subdermal? slow release. Uh, yeah, yeah, the pills kind of thing. You what know does what I mean? subdermal mean? Um, below the dermis. What is the dermis? The largest organ in the body, the skin. We're going to do that this week? <laughs> Are we going to do the... Work? Everything I can <laughs> to rub this off of me as quickly as possible. <laughs> Say more words, EJ. Say more words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to stumble eventually. Just give you a... Yeah, no, uh, Tom's not drinking. He's uh, currently um, comforting himself by rubbing his shoulder right now. And, <laughs> and he's... Um, it almost feels like a pat on the back. If you I know what would help with enough. that? A cold beer. Oh, I'm 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 on I'm on beer strike until Yuli's get in touch with us. That's just how I feel. I, mm. I put the I put the podcast first. I'd love nothing more than to do an EJ Rivetti and open a four dollar <laughs> bottle of wine right now. But <laughs> he's better than that, guys. Uh, we um we put out a poll on the Instagram asking were you for were you f- were you against um parking ranges. And we're, we're going to get where we're going to the, the line. The line of the tremendous hotline is opening mm. in about 15 minutes. That's right. Little teaser. What do, what do you think, listener? For or against parking ranges? And I don't even think it's like, I think, I think you're misrepresenting this argument at this stage. Why don't you give your perspective about this? Parking ranges are, um, they're just the shit of the earth. They're like glorified revenue. They're just revenue collectors. And they're, uh, I don't know, man. I just, um, I, I think that I stand with everyone in thinking that if you pick that job, you're a piece of shit. I don't, I don't think you pick the job. I think you just end up with the job that you get. I don't think anyone is going out of their way. To How do you think the inspector. job interviews work, Tom? What do you mean? You don't just go down a conveyor belt and they stamp you and you're like, you're a cobbler. Like you pick your job. But you don't need it. All right, we'll get onto this later when we have some calls later. All right, what do you do tonight? You got gigs tonight? (laughs) (laughs) You don't stick to the plan at all, EJ. You're the one that said live go. We go live on the phone at four o'clock, and you're like, so. uh, You know what? You're 100 percent right. I'm I'm 100 percent right. I looked at some wrong notes here. Okay, um, so okay, guys. What are you doing tonight? What's happening? What happened last time you were there? Tell us the story. (laughs) Okay, guys, I'm at uh, I'm at Happy Endings tonight. Um, One of my favorite rooms in Sydney. It's a it's a terrific room. You were just there, right? I was there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, happy did, great room. Was great that, did room. you do well? Uh, because happy endings is is two shows on a Saturday and one on a Friday. I think I did so well cool. on one of them. Okay, and yeah. then okay in the other two. When Corona came back, that was one of my first sets. I had a couple good sets before, and I was terrified that I was going to forget comedy. And I was like, oh wait, duck to water. I'm fine. Then at happy endings, one of my favorite. Well, Mark David, the guy that runs the room there. Shout out to Mark David. Is uh, I just start bombing like I would. Like I was in my nightmares during COVID, <laughs> like where it was just I'm sitting there. The audience is not laughing at any of my words, but I'm I'm behind my eyes watching it, kind of thing. Going, why isn't this working? <laughs> <laughs> you know, being like, but I also was like, oh wait a minute, you can have a conversation. 
conversation here and the audience doesn't know. So like you're getting better as a comedian because I was like, you you can have a conversation here in your own head without the, with the audience knowing you couldn't do this before. You're still bombing, but like- Do, I, do, you, do you have comedy nightmares, literally? Do you have nightmares yeah, about comedy? Yeah, of course. And, what, and what, what happens? Um, I think people that respect me just lose it. Lose the respect for me. Like, but, but like what are you doing? Like what's, because my nightmare is I forget. I just, I'm on stage and I have no idea what any of my jokes are. And I start telling a joke and I forget how it ends. I think a lot of my dreams are post, not even on stage. It's like afterwards, the feeling of where oh, people are looking at me and watching me going, that's what you like. That's what you <laughs> thought you were good at kind of thing. And I'm just like, it's, it was an off night. Oh, <laughs> can you imagine if you like brought your friends to see a friend perform stand up and they bomb and those friends are looking at you, them being like, this is the guy? Dude, this is straight the- up. I, I haven't actually had that thought in a long time, but when I first started comedy and friends would come and see me or bump into me at shows, I literally would think that exact same thing where I'd be like, can you imagine going to a, fr- like, how would you deal with this, Elliot? Would you be like, run out of the room or would you just be like, wait till after the show and say, good job, buddy, and just yeah. lie to oh, him? Or- yeah, you'd have, to, yeah, that's the that's a tough one, isn't it? Like, do you just lie? You'd be like, there, that was great. That I was- think you have to. You think so? Well, if you don't know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just- I, I had a raw, I had a raw, the state final where I ca- where I uh, did not win and was a little bit disappointed about it. And as I walked out, uh, one of my mates brought his new girlfriend who I'd never met before. And she's like, hey, you were great. I thought you were like the fourth funniest one. I was like, <laughs> fuck you. I hate you so much. <coughs> it doesn't matter if there were 100. You still fuck you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It's actually objectively, as I was saying, I was like, it actually kind of almost sounds like a nice thing to say. Like there was, it wasn't like there were five people on the night. There were 12 people or whatever, but I was at the time I was like, she was paying not. attention to everyone. And she like, she made a list. Of, yeah, a yeah, she's like, I'll send you is, through my spreadsheet. Yeah, I mean, you might make a wild card. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So look, as I've lost, as I've lost track sort of thing. Um, are you going to tell us about what happened last time you were happy endings? You don't want to talk about that story right now. Well, I'll, I'll just touch on a kind of thing. It's just more of an like anecdote. Like the, what's, what Tommy's good at is is really figuring out whether or not I'm, I have a story or I have a sentence. It is the whole thing, actually. I want to I give people a little peek behind the curtain in a, in a minute after you tell this. But it's like the amount of things, like I had this idea. <laughs> I, what an, if we I do am an this? idea, man. And I'm like, <laughs> what would that be? Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I like to call, um, and I've said this before on the podcast: shooting an arrow and then drawing a bullseye around it. Well, what is what is uh, what does Otis say we should call this podcast? Um, is that a segment? Because <laughs> <laughs> so often my answer to that question is, "You tell me." I don't know. We had this on one of our worst recorded podcasts. Was. Uh, um, let me gaslight that for you. <laughs> I still love that. And the I was name. like, and we're in it, and you're like, so should we do? Let me gaslight it for you. It's like I still don't know what that is. <laughs> That's where the creativity comes. From. <laughs> the, the struggle. Oh, you got to throw him into the deep end, see if he swims. That's Our it. fans will know. That's a cancel your life attitude. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, where are we at with the? Oh yeah, so actually, the, the happy endings. I'm doing it this week. It wasn't the last time I was there, but one of the first times that I got paid in that room. Um, I was very high on emotions coming to the end of a weekend, as we were discussing your run there. And I, I got a DUI. I'm driving home when I shouldn't have been only slightly. Cause I thought I was fine. Um, and, uh, I, I'm, I get pulled over and the cop that pulls me over at the time I'm doing Uber. Think about that. I need my car. So I'm doing Uber to supply all of my money. And the time that the car, the cop pulls me over and he goes, Hey, do you remember me? And I go, nope. And he goes, um, I, you just, you're the comedian, right? I just Ubered you. And I, cause I was handing out flyers for this comedy room that I was doing to all the customers. Great promo. And like, uh, he goes, oh, yeah, I still got the, fr- the promo thing in my room. And I, I go, oh yeah, that's right. I remember you. And he goes, uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I've just got to do this silly thing. And he goes, I go, yeah, I've just had a couple of drinks tonight. And he goes, uh, hey, you sure you've had a, just a couple, man? He goes, I got to, I got to arrest you. <laughs> 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 and I was like, it was all very cool. I was like, I mean, it was like, I try to be as cool as I was like, man, uh, that's no problem. Uh, what do you want me to do? Keys. All right. No worries. Can I take my, all right, that's cool. And, uh, like, hey, hey, did you still got that flyer? Make sure you use, use the code 0.09% Dude. at a checkout for half price. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need it. And, uh, um, the guy was, uh, we were probably a hundred meters from King's Cross station, maybe 150 meters to 150 to 200 meters at, at long at the furthest kind of thing. And, uh, the guy just as a favor, Drove so slow and did, I reckon, laps and laps of the of the. So you precinct. can try and sober up. Yes, he goes. Do you know what 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 percentage you were? I think he still follows me on Instagram as well. <laughs> well we we got to get him on. Get him on the pod. If I can find him, I'll I'll do it. But I'm pretty. It's it's one of those things. Like I'm not usually ashamed of myself. I was pretty ashamed of myself about that. 
But um, but you aren't usually ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so like I just uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, and that led to this rigmarole where like I accidentally hired um like OJ's lawyer and could not afford like dude, had so many fees that I just could not afford, dude, and like uh. It was, um, you know, and the thing I learned about the, the legal system is that it's what, when you're hiring a lawyer, you're hiring somebody who's been around and knows the judges. You're hiring someone who's in the social circle to be able to be, because when I got there, the guy goes, we were supposed to be on for an 8, 8 a.m. or something. And you were in a suit? Yeah, of course. Nice. I look good in a suit, I clean up my eyes. And the, it, like, it was 8 a.m. and uh, the guy goes, he peeks in the window that we're supposed to go and he goes, we're pushing this, that chick's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went, I was like, are you kidding me? And he goes, yeah, man, he goes, uh, uh, we're going to push it to another judge. I go, that's fine. And like, you know, I'm sitting there like till about 1 PM is the next one walks in there knows this chick. He kind of like big brothers her. Like he's kind of, she's like her first day on the job. And he goes, so anyway, uh, you know, like, and they're just kind of talking in sort of very friendly terms, like, but using professional sort of lingo. And he just essentially walked me out there with no charges kind of thing. No, you are, you're no charge, nothing, nothing, no driving ban, nothing. Nope. That's crazy. Yeah. That you, and so you're paying, um, I paid uh, fucking out the nose for this cunt. But yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, I, I, the further I get away from, I'm like, dude, you should thank that kind of thing. You should be appreciative. Still got his number? Let's get him on the podcast too. Um, Let's get the whole legal defense team. We have to the judge. Shit. Let's get the policeman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get your last Uber client. That's a different story. Horrendous. For a different day. Oh, yeah. I wanted to give the, the fans, going back to this idea of, of what it's like working with Elliot and how just how much of an ideas man he is, I want to give the fans just a little peek behind the curtain of what give it's it like him. at Tremendous Studios being EJ's wingman on this on this uh, this journey. So. Saved voice messages received at... 2.19 p.m. on Wednesday, the 10th of February. Tommy Honeycomb. I can't believe I haven't thought of that. Tommy Haircomb. Tommy Haircomb. Um, what was I going to say to you? <laughs> do, you ever, uh, do you ever try and rush into when you went, like when, you, when you're pulling into your street uh, and you look behind you maybe 100 metres or 50 metres and there's a car pulling or you're pulling into the street corner you're like you're coming up to your street corner um on a 90 degree angle and you're about to turn left into your street kind of thing and behind you on the street that uh on the corner of your street is a car and if you don't get into your driveway quick enough they'll see where you went in but if you uh but if you can get in quick enough and it seems like you just hide in some things and disappears kind of thing and like i always uh i was telling myself yes uh you gotta get in there kind of, i don't know it's like the Shutting down the microwave thing for seconds before. Honestly, I forgot why I was going to call you and here we are. What is going on? You yeah, tell I me. Afternoon off. Yeah, I got boxing. I got boxing off today. Got canned. Um, could the coach do something at the students last week? I don't know what happened. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> but I got the afternoon free. Give me both. Good speak. To return the call, <laughs> message deleted. Do you want an explanation is, 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 of what is, I was saying? Is that a segment, do you reckon? Is that a, is that a segment, maybe? <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> I have no oh, idea what just happened. Did that was <laughs> oh, I think I'm still playing SoundCloud on my phone. It's a it's a work in progress. So what I was saying was that, like, do you ever try and, like, if you're pulling into a 90 degree, if you live on a 90 degree angle, right, and you're about to live, uh, you're about to turn into your street, and behind you about 100 metres is a car that's been following you for a while. I turn into my street and try and rush into my driveway so that when they come around my street, they're like, where did this guy go? <laughs> you know what I mean? But sometimes they catch me and I'm all in a rush trying to reverse park into my thing and stuff. And I was like, Tommy, do you ever do that kind of thing? Um, I, can, I, can, I can kind of I can kind of get what you mean. I don't know why you called me to tell me that. I, but I, I know, but that's the thing. I had another idea and then I called you mid um, sort of pursuit. And then... Uh, you got, you, you got stumbled up. You were too exci excited. You came up with Tommy Honeycomb. <laughs> and Tommy Haircomb. But you went Tommy Haircut. You couldn't You couldn't get all the way there the first go. No, but I to... wanted you to figure out. Hey, Tommy, you're like, Tommy Haircomb? What's that? And I'm like, Tommy Haircut, Tommy Haircomb. <laughs> that's the worst, bro. Uh, but that's the, kind of, that's the kind of... I get more voicemails from you than I've ever received in my entire life. That borders on the Dalai Lama sort of trying to find the Dalai Lama uh, metaphor that I try to do where I just could not figure out. 7.21 The other one I got from you recently. On Tuesday, the 9th of February. I didn't mean to leave this voicemail. 
That was me the microwave. The high quality content I'm getting from AJ Rivetti. It's like every day is a podcast with this guy. I was at the microwave and uh, it beeped and I looked at it and I heard the voice. And like, oh, whoops. <laughs> oh, fantastic stuff. I did, man. Uh, other loose ends from last week. We got a little bit of a. We got a. We got a. I got a message from. I've got to say, at least I, I think you've got some friends who are very, very loyal listeners of the podcast. Like I check, we upload at six a.m. on a Thursday. I find by like you know, by uh, by you know a couple of hours, we've already got a bunch of downloads, which is really cool. Nice. Uh, my one mate that I know who does it is uh, my friend Jim McNally, who where I will I'll call out explicitly last name and everything for the first time this week. Okay. And uh, if you remember, Jim is the one who who phoned in or texted him with some Bigfoot facts last week. Oh, overalls. Actively, you accurately predicted three very true facts about him, <laughs> and he got annoyed. He got annoyed. He said, uh, "Hey, Tom and Elliot, just letting you know, I'm very well aware that I'm balding." <laughs> <laughs> He's such a good sport. Dude. He's a good sport. But yeah, he listens every week. So big shout out to Jim. I'm sure he'll be listening to this. It's probably big love, Thursday. Jimmy boy. Um, and then the other thing that we had a bit of a shout out for, and I, I love this now that we're getting a little bit of steam because we've got so many segments, but when something actually happens behind them, that's exciting. The Elliot Rose Spelling Bee. The Elliot Rose, yeah, Elliot um, Roast Spelling Bee, is that what we're like calling Rivetti it? Rivetti oh, Spelling Bee. Rose Spelling Bee, yeah, cool. Rose Spelling Bee. It's, it's a stretch. Okay, well, you know, we can do whatever. But um, <laughs> the Ellie Rose Spelling Bee is where Ellie challenges. Um, I, I, the thing is, I don't know when children begin to spell. So I don't know what the youngest age that we can do. But if there's a four-year-old aficionado, I'll go against him. Maybe we need to... Okay, here's what we need. Is we need a roster of children one year apart mm-hmm. so we can... We can, we can elevate ourselves you know what i mean we start at four years old next if that's if that's too easy maybe we skip to seven okay and then eight and we keep going until you get beaten or we could treat it like a pokemon gym sort of thing where you can go from gym to gym trying to just face the challenge kind of thing um and i was thinking maybe we could get a couple big like you know um almost like those those uh like big pieces of assignment paper that you get kind of thing and we can make a graph, like a chart with all the ages and just put a victory or defeat like on either one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, just okay. keep the audience up to date with what the record is. Oh, you know what we could do? A good friend of the pod, Harry Jun, mm. is an English teacher. That he is. We get like his smartest student and his dumbest oh, student. Oh, good idea. And we find where, actually, we get him to give his class a spelling test. We give you the same <laughs> spelling test and we see where in his class you would have landed. Okay. We can also do that. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to take on a face-to-face. Like, you know, sometimes the adrenaline. Sometimes the, I'm in the, in the moment. I'm like, I'm a game time kind of guy. Yeah, that's, you know? yeah I'm not yeah, a stats think. guy. I'm not going to bench the most on the day, but you put me in there. Cr- I'm a clutch player. Yeah, let's be honest. We give you a spelling test to complete in your own time. It's just not getting done. <laughs> it's just going to be a blank piece of paper. It's the chaos within that creates the talent. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so if you if you know a child, a niece, a nephew, a little brother, or sister that you would be willing to have talk to us, supervised. We're not talking to any children on supervised supervised the more the adults the merrier in a spelling bee against me um that would be great we promise not to swear we'll we'll wrap it up um on the swearing and um we'll be uh you know but what i won't wrap it up in is the 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 turmoil that your child or child friend is going to feel upon losing to me your child friend (laughs) do you know any children have you got friends who are children (laughs) well this is how it's gonna work because we have to just have find one kid and then he'll be like i know one other kid and then that kid will know one other kid and then we just keep we'll know a whole bunch of kids (laughs) (laughs) which is what we started this podcast for in the first place very elaborate today's podcast is not brought to you by golf Combining traditional white values like exclusivity, self-loathing, and nature, kind of, for centuries, golf has offered Anglos the opportunity to reconnect with their culture and avoid their families. A game as repetitive and expensive as it is frustrating, golf serves as a constant reminder that nobody hates white people as much as they hate themselves. Golf. Tiger who? And we're back. That we are. While we were uh, just quickly taking out, taking a little break, uh, a chance for me to go to the bathroom and Elliot to ingest a bunch of substances. Uh, we, we had a little bit of a, a little bit of, I don't know what to say, a suggestion from uh, Lady Tremendous. A cry of, a, cr- a plea. A plea. You, you, you saw it, you, you talked me through it. You, mm. what? So I walked out, I walked outside and my girlfriend is still here. Um, she usually has a shift and has to leave, um, but she's outside and she's listening to the recording of the podcast, 
live and uh, I explained to her something that we're talking about where I was making, I explained to her how I was making fun of Tom for not drinking. I was literally, I've been sick this week and I was on the road on you the way here. You guys can probably hear it a little bit. I was on the road where he was like, I don't want to drink tonight, but I don't want to argue about it. I don't want to be made fun of for this. <laughs> I just want to rub my elbows uncomfortably like when I'm, Elliot I'm, berates me. I'm 14 <laughs> again. I don't want a beer. I just want to, so, I just I want, want a Coke. <laughs> I just want a Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I walked outside and my girlfriend goes, yeah, I heard everything. Leave Tom alone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Elliot said his famous tremendous catchphrase. Is that a segment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, and I'm all for it. I think it's a great segment. Leave Tom alone. Leave Tom. And I was also like, should we do leave Tom, leave Elliot? And we'll put up a poll with a snippet of an argument that we have. And you guys decide which side we're on. We can see who you hate and who you love. Team Elliot or Team Tom. But um, And then I said, no, just leave Tom alone. <laughs> just purely leave Tom alone. Let's start it as team, leave Tom alone. And if we get any outcry for, uh, for Elliot as well, then um, we'll add myself. But leave Tom alone is the new segment. <laughs> Let's have a segment button. Do you have a, do you have a bell or something? Do you have a, give, me a, give me a bell. Oh, wait, this, this might work. <laughs> new segment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to have uh, one of our first... I mean, if we excuse the Campbells, who are, uh, you know, an entity upon themselves, we're going to have a... a our, is this our first podcast guest? I mean, we've had call-ins before. We've had call-ins. Um, yeah, let's say... let's. Is this, this is a guest. This is like the equivalent of being like, is this... Are we going out for ice cream or is it a date sort of thing? You know what I mean? And uh, I can say... I think we can safely say this is our first date. Oh, I'm I'm shaved and everything, <laughs> all the way to up the thigh. <laughs> you knew I was getting up there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, we, we're going to call in good friend of the pod, Sam Bowden. I'm going to give him a call right now. Let's see. Hopefully, he picks up. I think he's believe he's expecting our call. Sam has a very interesting story to share with us. This is a long Bowdy boy, buddy boy. Yeah, hello. Sam Bowden, you're on the Tremendous Podcast. Yes, you are. Hello, hello, Tremendous gentlemen. How are we? Very, very well. How are you on this fine Friday afternoon? I am, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, pretty fucking hungover. Oh, yeah? But I am am alive. I I am kicking. Michelle is passed out on the other side of the house. Solid. The spooky haunted house we are scared to fall asleep in. Well, that's and actually sort of why we've given you a buzz. That's it. I was going to ask, how does it? What's it like being hung over in a haunted house? <laughs> well, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, while once we've agreed to move, that thing has chilled out. Like the vibe in the house is different. We feel better. Whatever's going on is calm. Okay, so you and say so it's like. You say thing, we're going to say thing. It's like, a, so. Um, do, you think, do you think it's the spirit of an angry real estate agent who's just trying to get commission? <laughs> I do. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, I think, do you think like it's an entity sort of thing? Have you guys given it a gender yet? Have, has it announced its gender yet? No, no. It, we, we, we should do a gender reveal party for the ghost. <laughs> where, if it's, where if it's blue, it's a boy. And yeah. if it's red, it's a girl. And the only way to do it is to kill ourselves. Yeah, no, exactly. It either explodes in blue plasma or red blood. And you're just like, yeah, yay. All right, Sam, I've got a little bit of the background to this story, but Elliot, obviously the listeners will be fresh. This Take us back to the start. When did you first suspect you might be living in a haunted house? All right, okay. Um, so the first night. So when we moved in, literally the first night, um, we've, we're sleeping on the floor. Like we've got an air mattress. We haven't sorted out our bed situation yet. And this didn't happen to me, just for the record. But... Michelle, it was like, did you say something? And I go, no. And she goes, I swear someone is whispering in my ear. And then she just let it go. And then she woke up that evening later and like, it was like someone was talking to her. And she's like, oh, that was weird. That was strange. Oh, maybe the house is haunted. Ooh. <laughs> and then from there going forward, we had this really fun running joke that we have a Japanese ghost in the house. I should have asked the race. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No gender. <laughs> I keep seeing, I keep seeing my a yukata floating around the house. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a ghost with a particularly tiny dick. Yeah. Anyway, who made the sushi? <laughs> who made this fucking sushi? Oh, someone's sashimi all our chicken. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. All right, but, so you, so you, so so you're a skeptic from the outset. You start having a few spooky Japanese style encounters. 
yeah, and all we all we meant by that is like the Kispin mayo kept getting moved. It kept um, sort of getting moved to outside the fridge. It was just like we could never find the Kewpie mayo. And then <laughs> our television, our Netflix specifically, um, whenever we play a movie, it would have Japanese dub. So not subtitles, dub. No. I'm like, oh, bloody Takeshi. He's just busy. He's been here watching Band of Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> With Japanese dub. We can't, we can't watch season two of the Pacific. That's yeah. too close to home. Like, yeah, it didn't happen like that. <laughs> oh, he's, been watching, he's been watching Pearl Harbor, their greatest victory. <laughs> uh, so, he might just love Ben Affleck. Okay, so that was all fun and playful, right? We're like, oh, yeah, there's a fun ghost in the house, whatever. And then a couple of nights, um, myself and Michelle and the dog were all woken up by this very peculiar string instrument in our bedroom. And then all of a sudden we hear this, ooh, like this really odd sort of sound. And then Michelle goes, what the fuck was that? And I'm like, oh, I have no fucking idea. Same deal. It woke us all up. It woke the dog up. And we're just we're, we're really tripping out. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's in the room. It's, it's coming from the room. Anyway, whatever. We forget about it. It calms down. It's a fun quirk that we have a ghost that's in the house. <laughs> it's a haunted house. Whatever. Fast forward to October. So I wake up at about 2.30 in the morning and uh, just, you know, naturally, um, and it's a full moon. And I know it's a full moon because the curtains are drawn and it's like really bright. And, uh, and then through like the open door into the hallway, there is just this face smiling at me. How like big is the face? Eyes. The face is face size. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, the size of face? You know, you know standard face size, <laughs> but it's only, it's only eyes and mouth. I, I'm, so, I'm sorry um, to ask this, but Japanese eyes? <laughs> <laughs> not Japanese eyes. Okay, what about no, a Japanese mouth? I would say, I would say, no, I would say nondescript racial face. Okay. I would say, or, or, or it was a white ghost doing blackface. I don't know. <laughs> it was dark. It could be. It was a. It was, it was a actually different the time. ghost. Of, <laughs> It was a minstrel. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, oh, man, we got a really racist ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the main reason. We could live with a ghost. I'm not against ghosts. Don't, don't get me wrong, a racist. <laughs> so what happened with this yeah, face? So, so I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh. And it's got this huge grin, these big eyes. And then I'm like, that's pretty crazy, but it's not scary. Like it looked terrifying, but it didn't. It didn't feel threatening. And this is something you've said really... to me about, like all these experiences, right? They weren't scary ghost experiences. They were just kind of weird ghost experiences. Yeah, yeah, they were really strange, weird ghost experiences. And this one, describing it and remembering it, is fucking terrifying. But I distinctly remember not feeling threatened by it. So I'm looking at this ghost. Same deal. I'm I'm up now. Like I'm moving my head, and the eyes are blinking, and I'm like, okay. There's someone in our hallway. I'm going to go see what's going on. So I go to get up to go to this face. And the moment I sit up to get out of bed, um, the face disappears. So it just goes. Eyes closed, mouth closed, face is gone. Okay, so, okay, so what was the final straw, if I can ask? Okay, so about two weeks ago, um, Shell and I are having a conversation on the couch. And it's a relationship conversation, right? So it's a heavy, it's a heavy conversation. But I am facing... Her, I'm facing essentially into the kitchen and into the hallway. So she's talking and it's, it's fine. She's chatting and then my eye catches movement out the side mm. and I look over and the only way I can describe it is at the top of the hallway, which is about eight feet up, um, at the top of the hallway there's this weird um, uh, a purple wisp. So it's it's this strange sort of looks. It looks like a cloud. Like it, you know, it looks ghosty. But that's not. But I didn't realize it until after it had disappeared. So I turn and I look up, and it's this weird purple wisp, and I spot it, and then it sees me spot it, and then it's almost as if it had a face suddenly that lifted up, hit me with that fucking smile, and then disappeared. Okay. So how and, big? Okay. How big was the wisp? Was was it was it about the size of the face in the room? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like it's it's sort of hard to quantify. So it was a, a really solid sort of mass. So, but it was it was floating, yeah. And then it disappeared. Like it was very quick. It all happened in about um, a second. Where I saw, I got, I got movement. I looked, I saw it. It smiled at me and disappeared. And then I, I fucking start get out crying. Like I didn't even control it. I just started just crying. And I go, I, I, I go so white that Michelle, who has not seen this because she's facing the other way, is like, "What the fuck just happened?" And all I, all I was like, oh, "I guess they're fucking flying now. I don't know." <laughs> And then, because I'm, 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 by the way, for the record, everything I'm about to say from here on in it sounds fucking mental, and I'm fully aware. Like, I am fully aware this sounds crazy. And because I will say that I go, the Sam that I know is not crazy. Well, I appreciate that, or at the very least, not this kind of crazy. Yeah. So, and then I go, and then I have like that fucking moment where I'm like, now nah, fuck this, this is my house. And then I get up and I go straight for the hallway. Um, oh, by the way, I should clarify. The lights were on in the hallway. Like, it's not like it's a shadow. Like, the, the whole house was lit up. So I go into the hallway. I step into the hallway, and it is cold. Like, it is cold in the hallway. And there's nowhere for a breeze to be in the hallway, but it's cold. There's a weird breeze. Michelle steps into the hallway, and I haven't said anything. She just goes, geez, it's cold here. Like, it's cold. And we turn on the bathroom light. We turn on the spare room light. We turn on the bedroom light. And I'm going into every room. Um, because I'm like, it, we are, we are so not alone right now. And so I go into the bedroom and I'm like, whatever. And I step back into the hallway and this is where, this is where it gets kind of crazy. I, I step back into the hallway and it was as if the breeze, um, had five fingers and grabbed my ankle. Mm-hmm. Like, like the breeze wrapped around my ankle Great. and like held on. And then it was as if something had pushed itself into my head. So the only the, the only way I can really describe it is it felt like I could no longer get to the front of my face. Like it was uh, everything kind of went fish-eyed and it felt like I had been shoved into the back of my own head Jeez. and something had like really, really like pushed its way in. Like some to great my head. ketamine I, or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, well, we'll see, this is the thing, it's like, I've taken, like, enough psychotropic drugs to know, like, oh, man, you know, what are we, we're just, <laughs> and we're are we just some ankle-grabbing ghosts? Am I the ghost? <laughs> you're actually, you're actually just your own consciousness observing And Michelle's yourself. like, Sam, you're bending over, grabbing your own ankle, <laughs> in the breeze. <laughs> Sam, you look like a U-turn, what's going on? You've got all this black tar coming out of your mouth. <laughs> Okay, so no, so like it was horrendously violating, like really, really violating. So what, it's and a, it's every, that's an interesting word. To it use. sounds like what you're saying, like it, it had like entered you. Is that? Yeah, it felt like it had pushed its way into my head, mm-hmm. and everything in me at that moment was like, "We need to get the fuck out of this house right now." Like, right now we need to leave. And we were out of the house in 10 minutes, bags, packed, everything. Went straight to a hotel. For the record, that it, it didn't go. Like, I left the house, the ankle still gripped. It, still put, it was still in my head. It was like not being alone in your head. I imagine it's sort of what it feels like to be uh, schizophrenic. But I was like, man, there is something in my fucking head and it is scratching at the back of my eyes and this is really horrible. I am so not alone. Whatever it is, it is it is just there. But you you had agency I, over your own actions and like your I had agency over my own actions. Um I could control my thoughts, like there wasn't anything intrusive other than that feeling of not being alone in my head. Have you been left with um, any thoughts or any sort of like memories or any sort of fucking I don't know? No, it, no, there wasn't any residue per se. Like, but then we left, right? And we go to the Coogee Bay Hotel for a couple of beers. And I am, I'm jumpy as hell. Like, I am every fucking movement. Where we sit down, the light is going bananas behind us. Like, the, the fucking flickering light. I'm like, that's not helping how crazy I feel. Um, so we have a few beers. Michelle sages me on the beach, you know, with like sage. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My mom used to do that to me all the time. 
She was yeah. Like, yeah, my mom's a hippie. Yeah. She, I mean, like, not me. She's a sage of the house. Oh, okay. Which is um, slightly less um, sagey. <laughs> well, so you, you, yeah, so you roughly know the process. So Michelle sages me and she sages herself. And um, the thing kind of, it, it, my head felt clearer. The grip on my ankle had kind of just loosened. But everything in me, everything was just like, we need to do this to the house. It won't change unless we do this to the house. Agreed. So the next morning, we come home first thing, open up all the windows, open up everything, and we sage the fuck out of the house. The smoke alarm's going off, um, the whole shebang. We're doing it's everything. It's probably the ghost. He's like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. The, Christ of, the power of Christ does compel me. <laughs> <laughs> so we do that, right? And we come back in, and then part of the ritual, because Michelle looked this up, is you go to the place where it's been most active, you sit down after you stage, and you state your intentions for the house. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, we want this to be a house of love. We want this to be a house. We want this to be feel like a family. That's what we want. And we're doing this, and Michelle gives me this look at the end and just goes, it's still here, isn't it? I was like, it's still fucking here. So I'm like... So I'm like done, and Michelle says, I'll stage the house again. So I'm outside. I call my mum, and while this is happening for the record, Michelle is staging the house. I'm chatting to my mum, and Michelle starts staging downstairs. I'm chatting to my mum. Mum, who is a very spiritual woman and very, very Christian, but in a real, not in a pushy or shovey way, in a real live and let live kind of way, um, she was like, do you mind if I give my theological take on this? And then she proceeded to tell me how that night her and Brian woke up. That's my stepdad, just not some random dude called Brian. Um, <laughs> so my mom gets it. It's the guy that fucks um, my mom. He's <laughs> the guy that fucks my mom. Um, I got one of those, don't worry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so at the exact same time this happened, at about 10 o'clock our time, uh, 9 o'clock Brisbane time, um, mum and Brian like woke up instantly together at the same time. Now, mum and Brian go to bed. At, they do their old person shit where they go to bed at 7.30 and they wake up at 4. Um, so they're out like a light any time after 7.30. But they both wake up at the same time. And mum's like, man, something feels off. Something feels wrong. I'm just worried about Sam. And then the next morning, mum wakes up again, obviously, because it's morning. And she goes, I just need to, or we need to pray for Sam and Michelle. I don't know why, but we really, really do right now. And she wouldn't normally just randomly do that out of nowhere. So it was like this weird linker where my mum kind of like woke up at the exact same time we experienced it. And then the next morning was like, something is wrong. We need to pray for them. So it's, so, so we sort of had a look and we had a big chat to quite a few people. And mum was really worried that, cause she's, she's obviously, you know, being religious. She's like, it's crazy to believe in God and not believe in spirits and energies and shit. So she's like, it's very possible. Um, she, she was very much like, I believe you. Like, I believe you. This is very strange. This is a very negative thing. She had a very Christian approach to it, which I don't necessarily think is perfect, but it was a really good interpretation. Um, but everything about this thing just feels tied to this property. Like, it doesn't feel personal is sort of my point. It feels very much stuck. Anyway, so after staging the house, the house was cleared for two days. Two days, the house felt different. It felt fresh. It felt good. And we were like, oh, we'll stay. This is fine. I think we'll stay. Um, anyway, so what is it on Monday last week, maybe? Um, Michelle's doing some painting in, uh, in, the, in the, the spare room uh, just off the hallway. And I walk in and I just drop her off a, a cinnamon scroll, which she made. And then I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, it was just like this wave. And I'm like, it's fucking back. Like, it's still here. And then the light starts going crazy. Oh, fuck. Do you think you have black mold? We have such a huge black mold problem. <laughs> so here's, here's, Is the here's where we are. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Well, like, okay. Look, I don't want to say so, so Look, I don't know so shit. Here's, here's how the plot thickens. Here's how the plot thickens. We have a black mold problem that's going to get diagnosed next week. But the extent of this the black is the mold haunted problem, kind, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you've got a yeah, you've got Spectre of Satan black mold. Yeah, this stuff is particularly potent. You find this a lot on so, the third chamber of hell. It's terrible. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. See, the moisture comes off the river sticks, and it really gets into everything. It's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> coins over your own I can't believe you found dark. water in hell. That's hilarious. I couldn't think of it. <laughs> okay, sorry, man. Sorry, it's wrong. I've been telling Satan for literally millions of years that the river shouldn't be next to the bathroom. <laughs> So, so we've got a huge black mold problem, and I am so open for it being this, for the record. Like, I'm not like, it's definitely ghost. I'm like, we have a huge black mold problem. Since October, I have been in and out of neurology clinics because my brain is going schizo. Like, I'm just having weird mini strokes, and I'm losing my speech. And so I've got a follow-up appointment with them next week as well, because if they turn around and be like, oh, Sam, yeah, you've got an inoperable brain tumor, I'll be like, thank God. God. <laughs> what about Michelle though? Does she have the same one? Well, we have shared we have shared experiences with this, but I'm the only one that's seen it. You're like Doctor so, You're like Doctor Manhattan from The Watchmen. You give people cancer just from being in proximity, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> or you die. It turns out you were the ghost the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, no, no, don't do that to me. <laughs> Anyway, so I guess the point is that whether it's a legitimate haunting, whether it's the black mold or whether I have a brain tumor, it's, it's, it's still, it still all makes me just feel crazy regardless. Yeah, it's all bad news. There's no good news there. Yeah, it's not like, oh, <laughs> fuck, you actually, you know what it is? You're sitting on a lot of gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is actually petroleum fumes yeah. because <laughs> your house is built in an, on an oil field. So now that you've moved out, you can't claim any of the money. <laughs> All right, Sam, so we're going to have to keep keep posted as to how this new house goes and if the ghost follows you. And if not, if there's some kind of you know neurologist we can put you in touch with. I'm sure we've got one listening. Must be. Uh, I'd say so. That'd be good. This has been <laughs> tremendous, gentlemen. Oh, thank you for calling in. Thank you, hey, sir. Before we lose you, we're about to go into an argument. Uh, what's your take on parking inspectors? Oh, Elliot, yeah. Elliot give, give your take very quickly. So I'll my take on parking inspectors is that of every other person that has red blood and a heart that beats. It's uh, that they are motherless pieces of shit and that they <laughs> are um, awful people that, you know, just like use the same excuse that the Nazis would have used, that it's a government job, they have great dental, uh, that, you know, but, you know, draw a line in the sand, Nazis. Draw a line in the sand. And uh, Tom is of what mind? They just—they took a job. They took a job that they could mm, get. They—they yeah. uh, they might as well have been postman or any other kind of job where you don't really need any experience to do it. And stop parking illegally, fuckheads. Tom, Tom okay, doesn't know uh, how job interviews work because he thinks that people don't choose them. Okay, okay. So I honestly think it's a case by case basis because I think parking inspectors are. You could argue, devil's advocate here, completely devil's advocate, you could argue there are necessary to um, bring in um, like council revenue, right? Theoretically, you could argue that. However, I am more with you, Elliot, because I think if you want a government job, there is so many other things you can fucking do that aren't just ruining my day specifically on sometimes a margin of centimetres. Oh my god! Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, so it's such a power-building like, job that it's like you could have done any other thing, but you're fucking doing like this thing. Like, this is the thing that makes you feel like a man or a woman. You know what I mean? Like, grow up. But also, there's there's another point there. Like, I get what you're saying, Tom. However, I think that power attracts. Like, jobs attract people who are attracted to power. Like, you go into uh, the police force. Some people go into the police force because of the power that holds, and that's really problematic. But if you aren't fucking smart enough to get into the police force, low bar, but it happens, what are the other jobs you go to that give you a sensible authority over strangers? Precisely. Parking inspectors. Precisely. And so I'm like, dude, you can you can really feel that. You can get that from other government jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, be a psycho in a tax department. You be a manager it. of retail if you want to. Yeah, there's plenty of cunts there. Like, why? <laughs> but, but, like, you need a retail manager. As far as parking inspectors go, look, case-by-case case basis. But as a general, I'm like, nah, go fuck yourself. I, I feel don't like, like they all come back to haunt people's houses. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, this specter used to be a parking dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just floating, just being like, towing zone, three to seven. Yeah, towing they won't zone, let me in heaven. Seven. What a, what, I had no idea. <laughs> it's just a job. <laughs> dude, Damo, Damien Powell's got this great bit 
Um, it's, it's about five years old now, but he's got this bit where it's like, oh, I got a, I got a parking ticket the other day. And, uh, and uh, the guy, he gave me the parking ticket. And I was like, mate, do you not understand that there are multiple universes going in infinite directions and this is all just a simulation based on our projections of reality? None of this is real. And he was just like, yeah, mate, but it's still a loading zone tensile too. So. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. Sam, thank you so much for your guesting on this podcast. Thank you so much for your um, for your time. I know it's valuable. Uh, you spend the other half fighting ghosts. Um, but uh, we love you. <laughs> and this is only the first of many uh, in, on uh, guest appearances on the Tremendous Podcast. Love you too, boys. Thanks thanks for having me. What an honor. Bumping you in the scene soon. Love you, too. love you very much. Right. And uh, let's have Italian dinner soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dean Martin, red wine, the whole shebang. Da, 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 da. Love you so much. Have a good <laughs> Thank you, Sam. See you, buddy. See you, boys. Bye. Well, I'm getting crushed on this parking inspector's debate. Yeah, man. That's because everyone else is a fucking human. No, They're everyone not a else cyborg. is being like, no. How many parking inspectors have you really interacted with? Multiple. And like, uh, only... and, and how many times have you been in the wrong? Well, every Just time park... they gave me a fine. Yeah, <laughs> Who exactly. Who talks to them otherwise? I, or, exactly. So the only interactions people have with them are negative ones when they're in the wrong anyway. Follow the fucking rules. I guess the thing is, I guess the thing is, you know what I would like them to take into account? And this is a first time idea. I'm just having it right now. What about if they took into account your um, financial scale? So I, I understand that if they just charged everyone 40 bucks or something or $60 or $80, then like, you know, people with a lot of money would just be like, Pay me twice. One you my, know what I mean? One of my favorite things is when you see like super luxe cars parked in the most obnoxious spaces. It's like, that's using the money right. Yeah. I get that. I, yeah. Sure. And so like, so you have to deter people that have some money, but you should be able to have your penalty be determined by also what your financial scale is. You shouldn't be punched in the face the way that a millionaire should be punched in the face. I don't, I don't mind that. And I think I'm losing so much support. No one's saying leave Tom alone at this stage, I think. <laughs> I'm not saying like, well, the, the concept is- of parking inspectors is a great idea. I'm not saying everyone should get fined the same. I'm just saying I don't think the only people that get drawn to be parking inspectors are people who want to take out their rage on other people. They're sh- they sure are, and they're pieces of shit. Oh, it's so They're harsh. dickless and ovary-less pieces of shit that just fucking walk around that, that had no power were either a little brother or a middle brother that had no power or a big brother that fucked it up, weren't respected by their parents and peers, whatever it was, but you are looking for power now and it is uh, it is sad. Or it's an easy job where you don't need any experience or any education and you can spend your time in the sunshine, get paid by the government every day. You know what? The only people I'll accept as being uh, parking officers are prisoners because it's I likely not want to fight them and also because that's all you can get. I love that you, the quality needs to be something that restricts you from fighting them. Well, I haven't, I fought, love any, I haven't <laughs> fought any of them because you can get arrested. That's the thing. But also, if I felt like I was going to be stabbed with something fashioned out of a tree branch, I felt like that. Uh, I felt like I, I would avoid it at all costs. I'd be like, yeah, give it to me, uh, bro. Uh, give it to me. <laughs> like, I'll take it. What interaction have you ever had with a park inspector? I've had multiple, but I remember one, this guy G'd up. It was like a tall fella on, uh, it was on the corner of Cleveland Street um, and where Young meets Cleveland Street and Cleveland Street turns into Crown Street. And this guy was giving me a fine. I just ran into somewhere, didn't pay, didn't put out a parking ticket because I was just running into a shop for one moment. Ran out, this guy got me, fair and square. But I was like, are you serious, bro? And he goes, yeah, I'm serious. What are you, like, he's like, and like got arced up kind of thing with these stupid like, like sun visor glasses kind of thing. And I was just like, uh, I, I can't remember what I, I mean. Like I just got in his face kind of thing. And um, I, I can't remember exactly what was said kind of thing, but we just got in each other's faces. He obviously won cause he's charging me money. And, and then he walked away and I was just like, you're a dickless piece of shit. Like uh, I was just like, you know, calling him every name kind of thing. Um, but, um, but yeah, no one on that street didn't agree with me. <laughs> they were all like, you get him sh- fucking sh- angry stranger in the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we've had zero people call in for this, by the way. <clears throat> That's all right. That's because we're growing. We're going to put it out. When we have people call in, they call in. When they don't, they miss out. Surely we can get a parking inspector to call in to defend themselves. That sounds like it's a good time for an ad so that uh, I can get a beer. Yeah, let's do what it. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. In 2007, in an act of foolish optimism, Woolworths announced the introduction of the self-serve checkout, a decision that would cost us billions of dollars as millions of ordinary Australians went on to rob us blind. 
After 14 years of petty theft, we're thrilled to announce our solution, the Woolworths Take a Good Hard Look at Yourself Checkout. As of March, each terminal will be fitted with a permanently on selfie camera, so you can take a look at your thieving face as you put those avocados through as onions. In the occurrence of an unexpected item in the bagging area, the terminal will instantly FaceTime your mother, so you can explain to her where she went wrong raising a petty criminal. The Woolworths take a good hard look at yourself checkout, just because we have no shame, doesn't mean you shouldn't. Ba -pa -pa -pa. Where are my headphones? Are we keeping that in? Do you want me to keep that in? It's up to you, buddy. It's post in. You're the post-production king. That's true. Foot update. It is February 12th. There are a full 72 hours for Elliot to sell $20 worth of foot pictures. That's right. Or we else February. nothing happens, apparently, which yeah. is bullshit. Yeah, well... Mm. Tom, what I don't think you are um, realizing, what you don't think you are estimating is that you're dealing with the foot oracle. And when the foot oracle calls, nature answers. So, okay. If, all right. You're, all right. So, <laughs> I'm a little bit rattled because <laughs> I've, I've seen an invoice for one of Elliot's foot pictures and I'm totally blown away. <laughs> so, unless you mocked one up and left the phone out for me to see like some kind of Machiavellian plan, which just seems too smart for you to come up with. You've actually managed to sell at least one foot picture, which blows my mind. So this everyone, oh, if you've got to get up to speed, here's the thing. Elliot needs to sell $20 worth of foot pictures before February 15th uh, for, uh, well, just to prove that he could, if he can, I need to go and sell $20 worth of foot pictures in real life up to, the, the bartering time of an hour. I need to spend an hour in public. I'm going to get a stall at Marrickville Markets. And uh, I, I've actually got a plan to get out of this, so we'll see how we go. But, I okay, you have been <laughs> speaking very confidently I don't want you this. in a stall. I want you on your feet. This is the feet in the street competition. I want you standing there how I just with sell nothing official other than those sweet feet of yours. <laughs> is up to me and me alone. <laughs> If you are this confident about it, if you seem very, very confident, then I can't imagine any reason that you wouldn't just add to your end of the bargain if you don't sell twenty dollars with foot because you have to go and sell twenty dollars in real life. Um, well, because I've already had to put feet on the street. But you, if you're already going to do it, it doesn't matter. You might as well just you know make it semi interesting for me and get my hopes up, I guess. Because well, obviously, we, to, okay, we got to we got to sweeten the punishment on your end, though. No, why? Well, because I'm doing all the all the legwork. Okay, so then, okay, what about the, this? The footwork. Yeah. <laughs> what about this? I on on the, okay on the next challenge, you have to be the main. Uh, I what have to, the doer. Yeah, the doer. That's what I'm doing. The doer. Okay, that's that's fine. That's yeah. fine. But yeah, but there needs to be there needs to be uh, consequences of you not fulfilling. <sighs> I feel like I'm the doer and I'm and I'm going to suffer if I can't make it across. Yeah. You're right, you are. This is But you're uh, not going to suffer because you're so you confident you're going to do it. For the love of the people, you? for the love of the tremendous folks. You know what? Because it's better podcast content. I'm doing it for you. If I cannot get $20 worth of pictures of my feet by the 15th, I will sell. Can I at least close the distance of the amount of money that I've already made? Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So you, you got to make the make up the difference. If I have seven dollars, then I need to make thirteen dollars in an hour. Yeah, or up to an hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You okay. have an hour to make. You have an hour or to sell thirty dollars worth of foot pictures, or just an hour of humiliation. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. A really keen fan in five minutes or <laughs> an hour of humiliation. All right, cool. So, all right, I'll fucking for you, for you, the people, tremendous. So with with us in spitting range, I'll do it for you. What this does tell me is you definitely haven't sold any more than I'd say four dollars worth of foot pictures. <laughs> A dollar a toe. Nothing for the big toe. What it's I will gross. tell you this is that I have multiple sales and that I tried to sell my toes for a dollar each or like a, a, a dollar a foot pick and the and the brand, the company. Um, the company? <laughs> Going corporate? Oh, I went full corporate. The biggest in the world. The biggest <laughs> in the world. Nike? Feet Finder. Feet Finder. Feet Finder. I went the biggest in the world, the company Feet Finder. <laughs> Don't peek over at the... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's Feet Finder. Lovely Souls 92. Check it out. <laughs> this isn't coming out until February 17th. So I know. Oh, shit. You're right. Damn it. <laughs> okay, so 
Uh, okay, so um, anyway, yeah, so then I can say it. Lovely, uh, feet on Feet Finder, Lovely Souls 92 is out there making the money, shaking its toes, dancing out there on Tommy's grave. But like what I'm going to say is that uh, they don't allow you to have a sale for less than $4. Okay, and you've had made multiple sales. Multiple. And you can make offers. So they ask you to do poses or put things on them or do stuff with or make them so wet. So what, what are you at? What's your, what's your tally set? Wouldn't you like to know? It makes no... What, what, what am I going to do about it? Why didn't I post it on this, uh, this week's podcast? On this week's Instagram? You know what? I'll decide. I'll decide. And if I decide not to, then we'll cut it out right now. The pro of the, uh, of the edit. If we do, then, um, you know, I'll put it in. Okay, when you say you've had multiple sales, have the, has the money hit the account? Has the money come through, or have you had multiple inquiries? That's a clear. That's a good question, and I think we should like. What are you going to say if I have the people that have already put the sales in, but the money hasn't hit my account yet? Do I win? There needs to be some kind. Because what of if they're buying from like Lithuania and they that takes like a month? Why would it take a month? No, because I don't know how their banking systems work. <laughs> I don't know how their rubles. They have it takes no, a long time need, to count no, that no, much no, gold no, coins no, no, and the, goats and stuff, you the, know? The the, 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 the the question was, could you sell twenty dollars worth of feet pictures? They're sold. The money's on the way. No. You can't take that money from me, it's on the way. No, no, no. The money has to be in the account. That's not. That's fucked up. I think that I, I think that any any one of I'll our give you, just, I'll, give, I'll give you five business days for the money to hit the account. Five I don't like this at all. What do you, you've had fucking two months? The money's in the account. The money's on the way, though. The money what do you coming mean it's from on the way. It's, it's coming PayPal. from all over the world. It's PayPal. PayPal's it's everywhere. It's coming from. Listen, listen, listen. I don't. If I was, if I was aware of different uh, banking institutions' speed and when it comes, when it, or when it comes to like uh, their financial productivity, I would have, you know, put that as a caveat in the bet. But now. I, you know, that you just need to be a little bit flexible here. Like I've been flexible with taking the punishment, even though I, I could have just sat here and watched you in humiliation, I've participated. You so, have to take this flexibility. So your lack of awareness of international financial systems is my problem now. Is, it, is that <laughs> now it's something my issue? I should have asked you before. You're so, <laughs> you're always in, you're, you're, what do they call you, a shark or a bull? <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, no, I'm asking, just like you asked about the punishment for you to do that. So what? How much? How much extra time do you get? Because you can't sell. It doesn't matter. Okay, so I just no have more. to show you a receipt. Okay, here's the thing. You need to show me a receipt. Yeah. And that money needs to be in your account within thirty days. I can take thirty days. I don't even know how long it'll take, but I can take thirty, 30 days. days. And look, if you've if you've got, I, I will go out and I will do the feed on the street regardless. But if in thirty days it's not through, you need to go and do your hour of feed on the street as well. Well, you think I'm going to mock a receipt? I promise you, I won't mock a receipt. No, I mean, like if someone hasn't actually bought it from you, it's just conned you out of foot pictures. Then no, you don't get, <laughs> you don't win the bet. Listen, Feet Finder wouldn't allow that to happen. Oh, I'm sure Feet Finder has some chinks in its armor oh dude yeah all right cool well, um <laughs> guys you know what doesn't have any chinks in its armor is my uh sweet sweet toes lovely souls 92 is going to rise and be laughing with you at tommy's feet in the street punishment so well okay because you don't we don't have to wait until that if you've already done it i can can we safely assume you have not sold 20 dollars worth of foot pictures yet um <clears throat> no okay we can't safely assume that what do you mean if just you like have, let's I, just, just call like it right now. No, no. Oh, no. Why? What difference does it We're make? We're waiting till the 14th. This means, that means you absolutely have not. Take it how you will, my friend. There's Take no it way you how have. how you will. There's no, no way. I, I wouldn't have sounded the alarm early. That's not about. That's not why what I do. Why wouldn't you? Someone, that's not about me. Yeah, it's because you haven't done it. That's what we want you to think. Uh, Tommy, I'm going to be doing the joke of the week today. Uh, we've had a, a couple of submissions from fans, and the strongest submission is from a very loyal fan. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm just going to take the credit, even though you probably peeked over my shoulder and saw it. Um, okay. Let's see if you like this one. I've got a couple for you, just in case. But first bullet. Click, click. Ready? Go for it. All right. Uh, a cop pulls over a car with two priests in it. And the, uh, the cop says to the priests, uh, I pulled you over tonight be because, gentlemen... I'm looking for two child molesters. And the priests take a look at each, uh, at each other and say, we'll do it. <laughs> Love it. That's tremendous. Have a lovely weekend or weekday or wherever you're listening. Thank you, folks.
So why don't you explain this? So this is a friend of the podcast called in the past, Sam Menzies, mm. uh, and his partner. And what's her name, Elliot? Um, before we go into what's, this, what's we could his, have cut just before. Name? What's what's Sam Menzies' partner's name? Um, his name. What do you mean? You uh, know what, your I, best friend Sam Menzies. What's his girlfriend? I don't want to talk about this. Um, what's her name again? Why? Yeah, have a go. What, what do you mean? mean well, her Instagram name is Louis Diane. And what's her actual name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 